Hello and welcome to the Skift India podcast. I'm Skift Asia editor Aidan Doma Bhutia, and joining me today is Amanpreet Bajaj, General Manager, Airbnb India, Southeast Asia, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. Welcome, Amanpreet. Hi, Peran. Uh, thanks for having me. Amanpreet, now let's dive right into it. The travel landscape has seen some jaw-dropping shifts due to the pandemic. How has Airbnb sailed through these choppy waters, and to continue with the analogy, also managed to ride the wave of change? You're right, Peran. Uh, the pandemic has definitely created the biggest change to travel since the advent of commercial flying. If you if you think. Um, and Airbnb has continued to evolve, um, you know, from our perspective to help both guests and hosts make the most mm-hmm. um, of this changing uh, times as well as the new travel revolution that we're seeing as the pandemic is now receding. Um, at Airbnb, we've stayed focused on what makes our platform so special. You know, we've always said the magic is and will always be in the people. And so it's our host community and their ability to deliver unique experiences to our guests. And so keeping that in mind, we have obviously continued to preempt and innovate. Uh, A big focus for us throughout uh, these times of uncertainty has been to work together with all key stakeholders, including the government. And I think the focus has been to rebuild tourism, support all the local communities and drive economic recovery and growth, because that was the need of the hour. Uh, What we have Mm -hmm. seen is obviously during the pandemic, we have seen, you know, the consumer preferences have kind of evolved and changed. Um, and we are seeing those kind of sustain um, even as the pandemic kind of recedes, you know. So for example, India, and it has a bit to do with the demographic mix of India, for example. Uh, India has the highest percentage of millennials and Gen Zs. I think it's about, what, 52% of the total population globally. Um, and yes. higher than the global average of about 45, 46%. Um, what this means is there is a greater demand for flexibility um, in terms of when travel happens. And I think one of the key things that we all have gone through the pandemic is the fact that there is far more flexibility. Work from home became work from any home. Um, and many companies have now are now in the hybrid mode, right? And so there is greater flexibility for people to kind of plan their travels. Earlier travel was restricted to maybe a few seasonal moments, an extended weekend. But what we have seen is given this new flexibility, people are now traveling um, on different um, times of the week or they are travel- they're getting more opportunities to travel, uh, which basically means they want to explore more of their own country or even travel abroad. What we've also seen is that uh, the popularity of off the beaten path destinations has seen a bit of an increase uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, people have had the time to introspect. A lot of people now want to connect with their own passion points and they want to explore their own backyard. And so we are definitely seeing newer destinations emerge in terms of choices for people, which basically means um, great uh, opportunities for micro entrepreneurs in these newer uh, areas, because finally um, the tourism dollars are now percolating down to these new communities um, and they are now going away from the you know traditional tourism hotspots. Um, mm-hmm. What we have also seen is there has been a rise of the conscious traveler. People are making far more responsible choices than than ever before. And what they are taking into account is 
how their travel decisions are making an impact on the communities that they plan to travel to. In fact, we've done multiple surveys in the past and, you know, a staggering almost 70% of the people that we surveyed said before they travel, they want to understand the economic impact they make on the communities they travel or even the social impact in terms of what good would this be uh, for the places that they kind of travel to. So clearly, you know, there is an emergence of a more responsible and conscious traveler um, as uh, coming out of the pandemic. And I think all of these trends basically have meant that domestic tourism has seen a boost. Uh, people um, have experienced uh, our own country's hospitality in a bigger way during the pandemic, and they have explored new destinations. Um, they are now looking at off the beaten path destinations. There is far more flexibility in terms of when they want to travel. So travel is not restricted only to the weekends and, and the seasonal moments and definitely the rise of the conscious traveler as, as I kind of mentioned. And, um, and I think with with over, yeah. you know, 1.3 billion people, one of the world's biggest middle classes and thriving culture, India is now an incredibly important growth market um, from a travel perspective and also from an Airbnb perspective. And uh, one that is critical to our ongoing efforts to foster connection globally. Definitely, I think I think that is why you know at Skift as well we believe in that a lot. So we have you know India specific products coming up, specifically for the India market. Um, Aman, I'm going to come back to you about uh, you know the responsible traveler, but you also spoke about uh, you know uh, entrepreneurs, micro entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about Airbnb's impact on India's entrepreneurial scene. How have uh, you folks been empowering the local micro entrepreneurs through hosting? At Airbnb, you know, globally and even in India, we nurture new age entrepreneurship and startups by enabling our vibrant community of our hosts. You know, in India also, we have a diverse uh, community of our hosts uh, across ages, across uh, different professions, etc. And our hosts are not just providing accommodation travelers, but they are also sharing their local knowledge. Uh, they are bringing people into their local culture, into the local communities. Um, and by sharing their experiences uh, when they host, they are providing that unique perspective. Uh, what we've done at Airbnb over many years, especially during the pandemic in terms of innovation, is that we've made it easier than ever before to become an Airbnb host. Uh, since November 2022, twice as many prospective hosts are now matching with super hosts in the area and receiving personalized guidance as they navigate the process of becoming first-time hosts. So what has happened is, as the word of mouth has spread, as people have experienced Airbnb themselves as guests, um, and when they come back after having a great experience, they believe, you know, why can't they also become hosts? And if you look at it from an India perspective, right, hospitality is intrinsic to our culture. And the other thing that is intrinsic to our culture is entrepreneurship. And so Airbnb, you know, with the use of technology and a platform creates an amazing avenue for both of these passion points to come together, hospitality and entrepreneurship. And I do believe that that's the reason, you know, we see a number of micro entrepreneurs using uh, our platform and now you know kind of creating their small businesses at times in say vacation rental uh, locations but also people like you and me sharing our primary homes or secondary homes and i think um, what we've done at airbnb is we've looked at specific partnerships over the years specifically on the micro entrepreneurship arena um, i'll give you one example 
we have a partnership with the Self-Employed Women's Association of India. This is a self-help group um, called Seva that represents about mm-hmm. 2.1 million self-employed women. We also have a partnership with Shiro's that has a community of 24 million Indian women. And, and the idea is to kind of create more awareness within these groups um, to uh, in terms of the benefits of hosting on how to use the platform. Um, and create micro entrepreneurial opportunities at a grassroots level. And I think the Seva example is, is a unique partnership. You know, we've been with, uh, in this partnership since 2017. Uh, we started with a cohort of, uh, you know, 20, 25 uh, women entrepreneurs in rural Gujarat, uh, where we imparted local hospitality training, shared global best practices, and we worked with Seva to identify exceptional women hosts uh, who then open up their rural homes uh, to the whole world. And in many cases, the kind of income that these women hosts uh, have earned, um, you know, through hosting on Airbnb kind of surpasses their annual income from their traditional means of livelihood. So there is economic empowerment, there is social empowerment, but it is just not restricted to the hosts themselves. What happens is when people come and live in these neighborhoods, it's not only the host that creates economic value. Um, what's happening is that the neighborhood or the micro economy gets benefited from these new guests. So the local artisan, you know, gets new customers. The local restaurant gets new customers. There is more um, retail that is happening at the local grocer. So the entire micro economy and what we've seen is over the period of time is that when people stay in these local neighborhoods, unique neighborhoods, they tend to stay longer and tend to spend more. And I think this kind of benefits the entire ecosystem. Uh, This partnership was extremely successful for us in creating these micro entrepreneurial opportunities um, in rural Gujarat. We extended this to Ladakh and we have plans to now extend this to more places. Um, And I think this is just one example where you can see that um, by empowering entrepreneurs and by providing them with the tools and resources that they need to succeed, we can help create a more sustainable and equitable future for all. I think finally what's happening is that tourism is now spreading beyond the tourism hotspot. So earlier, only a few cities or maybe a few neighborhoods within the cities would get benefits of these tourism dollars. But now communities are benefiting where tourism is actually happening. And I think that's a very empowering piece. And and, and simple actions such as hiring local guides, drivers, staying in locally owned accommodations, buying local products and souvenirs, uh, all of this is contributing towards supporting the regional microeconomic and even the global, uh, even the national economy. Yes, and as you spoke about the conscious traveler, I think it's also another facet of sustainability, you know, empowering the local economy and giving back to the place where you are holidaying, right? Very true. I think when when guests are now making choices, they are picking up places in terms of, you know, first understanding what are some of the energy practices. Um, is Does this uh, host uh, use the local produce or not? Um, what kind of an employment mm-hmm. is there for local uh, people of the community? And I think all of this is definitely helping in creating more awareness, more consciousness about green stays and, and kind of, you know, sustainable travel. And clearly, as I said, you know, travel is increasingly led by millennials and Gen Zs who value experiential travel more. Um, they are making these very important, responsible choices, which is creating a very uh, robust ecosystem, uh, which is taking into account holistic growth and holistic, you know, sustainability.
Absolutely heartwarming, Aman. Um, and also, let's not forget that Airbnb is now taking its commitment to another level by joining hands with the Ministry of Tourism. Tell us a little bit more about this and how does this partnership envision, you know, boosting India's presence on the global travel map? I'm very excited about this new partnership. Um, so earlier this year, Airbnb signed a memorandum of understanding with the Ministry of Tourism and Government of India. Um, and the focus is to promote India as a most sought after high potential tourism destination. And most importantly, shine a spotlight on our rich cultural heritage, which we are very proud of. Um, as part of this partnership, you know, we launched an exclusive Soul of India microsite um, that showcases um, a, a kind of a diverse array of heritage stays across the country. So there is a lot of focus on heritage uh, for us uh, with this partnership. These heritage properties are steeped in history, architectural brilliance, and they offer an authentic glimpse into India's rich cultural tapestry. Uh, what we are also doing with the ministry is to offer support to hosts in untapped tourist areas, um, assist them in promoting their homestays, build host capacity through training. Uh, the idea this is, is to foster. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I just want to clarify. So this is more for for inbound traffic, right? Yes, uh, I think one of the key focus areas for us with this, uh, you know, partnership is destination promotion. So the Ministry of Tourism and Airbnb are working together on positioning India as a sought after destination, focusing on cultural and heritage tourism, leveraging targeted domestic and international campaigns that showcase the distinctive heritage stays available through the country. And I think uh, if you see our microsite that we launched, it's called the Soul of India. Um, it promotes heritage homes across India. It also shares captivating stories beyond the heritage properties and the destinations. And I think the focus here is to inspire visitors to embark on unique cultural adventures and immerse themselves in the essence of India in the truest way. Um, mm -hmm. So destination promotion is definitely a big part of this partnership. Uh, but what we also want to do is not just focus on the, you know, again, tourism hotspots that India has, but kind of work with underserved communities, underserved regions, um, you know, train people there so that we are able to put on the global map India in a more holistic manner and not just focus on places that, you know, global tourists are any which ways uh, aware of in terms of visiting. And that's why there is a lot of on-ground effort around uh, training hospitality micro-entrepreneurs in emerging destinations that are part of the ministry's flagship scheme, you know, Sadesh Darshan. Um, what we are also doing as part of this partnership is sharing travel insights and homestay insights with the Ministry of Tourism so that they can inform, it kind of leads to a more informed, um, you know, ecosystem in terms of responsible tourism policies and training requirements. So overall, very excited that we have been able to do this at a, at a federal level. Um, you know, over the years, we have also um, signed multiple MOUs with various state governments. For example, we signed yes. an MOU with the state of Goa. We've signed an MOU with the state of Maharashtra in the past. We've signed uh, MOUs with multiple northeastern states. The focus there was, again, creating hospitality entrepreneurs at a grassroots level, uh, destination promotion. But now doing this at a federal level and putting India on a global roadmap is, is something that we are very, very excited about. In fact, you know, we also believe that Airbnb as a platform is the best suited, right, in terms of our global presence. Uh, one of our key, you know, strength is the fact that we are present in over 220 countries and regions. And by showcasing India's unique 
cultural heritage and tapestry and bringing to the front um, you know unique host stories and you know stories about warm hospitality that india has to offer we believe we'll be able to attract a lot more people into india uh, absolutely it's it's more like a symphony of travel and culture coming together <clears throat> i mean i would like to turn the spotlight back on airbnb's role in india's travel revolution as we all acknowledge that india is going through one right now uh with airbnb of course with its global presence how do you see uh you know airbnb evolving its footprint in the india market because it's not it's not as big as you would have uh you know as you would have imagined right now but how do you see that growing so india was and will always be an important geography for airbnb and we remain committed to growing our community um uh, locally um just you know just to share some insights into how our business is growing the overall nights booked in india have grown by almost 70% when we compare full year 2022 with pre pandemic levels um domestic nights in india grew by almost 110% when international travel returned when borders opened up and travel restrictions eased we have seen more than double growth in bookings for international travels for example in the quarter um, first quarter of 2023 when compared to quarter 1 2022 so all segments of our business whether it is domestic whether it is inbound or whether it is outbound have seen very strong growth um, uh, through the pandemic uh, as we get out of the pandemic right uh, what we are seeing is a strong desire among indian travelers to venture overseas as well as explore domestic destinations um, and obviously all the features that we have introduced such as categories um as well as some of the other tools that enable hosting all of this is helping further disperse travel to more communities that benefit across india um and you know just talking about hosting on airbnb um hosting on airbnb india presents a real opportunity for micro entrepreneurial hosts um hosts on airbnb who you know self identifies women collectively earned over 1 billion indian rupees in 2022 that kind of gives you a scale in terms of why uh, people are coming on the platform um, to create primary and secondary income um we what we have also done which we talked extensively about which is a key uh, piece for our india presence is working and partnering with the government in their vision to make india one of the most sought after tourism destinations um, and the multiple state mous as well as the federal mou is a step in that uh, direction as the india travel landscape evolves you know and it's evolving very rapidly with digital adoption smartphone penetration and just the fact that you know uh, we are a very young nation um, and very curious nation right um, we add about 10 million passports every year uh, so a lot of indian millennials want to travel abroad um, and want to immerse themselves in the local cultures abroad and and increasingly we are seeing that they are choosing uh, to do so on airbnb so as this travel landscape evolves you know we would also evolve and and we would ensure that airbnb remains a trusted invaluable resource for travelers whenever they are seeking unique and authentic stay experiences across the country and i am very very confident that given that travel is very experiential led um today gen z and millennials tend to um you know value experiences more than say products um a platform like airbnb with its unique diversity in terms of stay options in terms of unique experiences is very well positioned to cater to the demands of the you know the travelers from india and we are definitely seeing uh, growth momentum around that across not just tier 1 cities but also tier 2 tier 3 cities in india now
So, um, Amanpreet, I, I, I wanted to ask you about, you know, host registration laws. I mean, like, how stringent are there in India? And, uh, you know, how does Airbnb ensure, uh, you know, the safety of their guests as well as the safety of their hosts by trying to make sure that, you know, uh, you know, everybody, everybody is in a safe and secure environment? Sure. I think there are two parts of this question. So I'll answer uh, one by one. One, talking about a holistic, you know, ecosystem, which kind of benefits with policies that kind of benefits all stakeholders of the ecosystem, right? So there are hosts who want to list their homes on the platform, on their primary and secondary income. Um, there are guests who are looking for unique, authentic experiences um, in various parts of India, uh, whether these are international guests or domestic guests. And then obviously there are communities that are associated, um, which get impacted by, you know, uh, incoming travel. Uh, what we have seen is that um, the we have a very, you know, strong and positive working relationship with governments across states. And given that in India, tourism is a state subject, uh, we work, uh, you know, at a state level uh, with various uh, departments. Uh, one of our key examples is, say, our work with the Department of uh, Tourism in Goa. Um, and one of the key areas where we are collaborating is to build more capacity in underserved communities um, by imparting, you know, homestay best practices, etc. And then doing destination promotion of these places. When we work with the government, obviously, you know, uh, there is growing consciousness in terms of creating policies that are easy uh, in terms of registration requirements for our host so that it kind of attracts more people uh, to undertake this micro entrepreneurial opportunity. So far, what we've seen is rules vary from city to city, state to state. Um, and what we have seen is that the government is very interested in creating a very positive ecosystem uh, wherein these norms are easier for people to kind of uh, adapt. Um, and uh, if you look at it, various states have adopted homestay policies and they are encouraging more people to open up their homes or create these micro entrepreneurial opportunities. And we as Airbnb are always working uh, with these state governments, A, to share global best practices, but also, um, you know, to kind of bring insights as, as, as you see, uh, as part of our uh, MOU with the uh, tourism uh, ministry in India as well, uh, to share best insights in terms of that would inform more responsible policies that benefit everyone. Um, there are various states um, that have put in policies and uh, our endeavor is to create more awareness about those policies and those registration requirements with our host community uh, because our hosts want to do this in a very responsible manner um, and, and comply with whatever uh, is required at a, at a state level. So we continue to work on that. Um, the other piece that you, uh, you know, kind of, uh, talked about is trust and safety and trust and safety is extremely critical um, and one of the most foundational elements of what we do at Airbnb. Uh, what we have done is we've created multiple features over the years uh, that basically range from ID verification, background checks, etc. Uh, that create a more uh, robust as well as a trustworthy ecosystem when people are mm -hmm. interacting on Airbnb. And we will continue to evolve these, uh, you know, um, policies as well as tools um, as we operate. Uh, what we want, we have also created specific trust um, and safety, you know, helplines in multiple languages, 
uh, across uh, 24 by 7 time zones uh, so that people can reach as and when they have any issue uh, in terms of it. We take this very seriously and it is one of the key areas that, you know, uh, we work on from a, um, uh, from a technology perspective, uh, but also from a process perspective. Okay, fantastic. Uh, Amanpreet, now let's get a little bit personal. With so mm -hmm. many options on Airbnb's platform in India, do you have a personal favorite? That's a very difficult question, <laughs> but yes. You know, over the years, um, um, you know, I've been an Airbnb fan even before I was working at Airbnb. Um, and one of the key things um, that, you know, I look forward to is basically unique stays um, and unique... Um, opportunities to engage with newer uh, communities as well as you know immerse in the local culture so every time we travel abroad as a family or even on business travel um, i tend to look for unique places to stay in um, you know so some of the unique places that are on my wish list in india are some very nice ecological mud houses down south um, so that is something that i'm planning i just finished a trip in in, in scotland in the summer um, and, um, you know, we went on Isle of Skye, drove through the region and I stayed in a cabin uh, very close to the lake. And I think that was beautiful. Um, the, you know, uh, just wanted to disconnect uh, from my daily routine. And I think that was a magnificent place. The host was very warm. Um, they had a beautiful welcome package for me and my family when we entered with some local delicacies. And the view was breathtaking. You know, it was like literally living on the lake shore. So I kind of enjoyed that. But there is so much that Airbnb has to offer right uh, across uh, India. So and, 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 you know, I would strongly recommend people to look at our categories uh, uh, feature. Uh, people can now book homes based on their passion points. So there are A-frames, there are uh, cabins, uh, there are uh, ecological stays, uh, there are villas with pool. Uh, there is a lot in terms of that Airbnb offers. And, and honestly, you know, there is a favorite for me in each of the categories and something that I want to uh, kind of go and stay very soon. Thank you so much, Amanpreet. Your insights have been fascinating. Thank you for joining us today and sharing a glimpse into Airbnb's journey in India. And folks, that's a wrap for us. A huge shout out to Amanpreet for sharing his insights and to our listeners for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to the Skift India podcast on your favorite listening app for more such discussions. Until then, safe travels, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This has been the Skift India Travel Podcast. Thank you for listening.